This is R.J. Allen, and you're listening to Rough Drafts, Season 1, Episode 9. This is the podcast where you can usually get a sneak peek at early versions of my novels, but it is the 2023 holiday season at the time of this recording, and I'm on vacation. So I'm not recording our usual episodes, but I do have a special treat for you instead. Erin Biller is a treasured friend of the program. She's a homeschooling mom, a worship leader, a fiction editor, an author, and a devoted follower of Christ. She has kindly agreed to step into the gap during my absence and will be giving you a sneak peek at her debut novel, Ami. For more information about her work, please visit her website at authorerinbiller.com and I'll post links to her website in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at rjallen.com. That's R-J-A-L-A-N.com because there will be exciting news coming in the next few months. You don't want to miss out. Thanks for being here and have a blessed holiday season. Ami, a novel by Aaron Biller. Chapter 2 After a grueling job search and a warning of eviction, Ami settled for a cashier position at a gas station. The one good thing about it was the location. Nearby was a park, a haven in the city. Like the rusty old backyard swing set of her childhood, Ami fled to its inviting, wide-open space daily. She loved the rush of turning her back on dingy shift work and racing into its vibrant green arms. Today, she weaved her way across well-worn paths, between dogs and children grasping for every moment of summer play, and found the black iron bench that had become her own. She eased onto it with a sigh, situating her belongings on the seat around her. Routinely unwrapping a sandwich from its reusable bag, she took in the surroundings in total serenity. Her breathing matched the rhythmic gusting of the breeze. Her body sank deeper into the bench, welcoming the sun's warm greeting. The bustle of lunchtime traffic filled the world at her back, but stretched out before her eyes were canopies of shade under countless trees and beds of grass spotted with the multicolored evidence of recreational joy. Nibbling on fresh-cut fruit, Ami's eyes wandered to the people around her. A curious couple pulled magnetically at her attention. Stretched out on a ragged blanket sat a young, bearded man in a crisp suit, his longer hair smoothed into a hair tie at the base of his head, chatting merrily with a much older woman. Dirt entangled itself into every crevice of her wardrobe, and tattered hair drooped over slouching shoulders. But it was undeniable that her face was currently lined with genuine human delight. The spread of food between them could only be described as a small feast, even if in plastic containers. They grinned politely over veggies, thick deli sandwiches, crackers and cheese, beef sticks and grapes. A box of desserts sat untouched. Ami had long finished her food and needed to clock back in soon, but she couldn't peel herself away from the peculiar scene across the park. 
After a few more minutes, the man offered dessert and placed his hand on the lady's shoulder, bowing his head. Ami slid from the seat and rushed back toward the streetlight, tapping the crosswalk button a few times before racing the blinking light to the other side. The following day went as most days did now. Ami woke to the blaring alarm, tidied the bed, ate a minuscule breakfast, and showered. Before rushing out the door, she strapped on her walking shoes and stuffed the pre-made PB&J into a handbag containing a simple wallet, keys, and a sketch pad and pencil. The morning dragged on at work. She faced shelves, dusted, checked customers out, and watched the clock until one o'clock signaled the arrival of her coworker and her ability to take break. Ami hurriedly snatched up her belongings and made her way outside. The summer sun beat down on the pavement, lined with irregular cracks caused by shifting far below the scene surface. Stains of oil and debris rose invisibly to choke out the clean air. She hustled down the busy sidewalk, the sound of honking horns and blinding light obstructing her senses. Arriving at the familiar bench, she eased onto it and embraced the best part of her day. Joel watched the young woman cross the path and seat herself on the same bench she'd sat at the previous day. He'd seen her arrival in just the same manner, like clockwork, but had been enjoying his lunch with a new friend. The old woman had been sleeping in the park when he'd invited her to eat with him, a moment's ease for a weary soul. Today, though, his eyes were averted again by the caramel-skinned woman with the thick, dark hair. He dug out a box of processed desserts and made his way toward the bench. Excuse me. Her body visibly jumped at the sound of his voice. He almost regretted breaking the silence she clearly enjoyed. She slid a pad of paper under her thigh. Yes, her soft voice queried. May I sit? Joel gestured. She nodded hesitantly. I see you're done with lunch already. Can I offer you a zebra dessert? A slight grin crossed her oval face. Sure, thanks. Feminine fingers received the package. Are you on break from work? He cheerfully initiated as he bit into a deli sandwich loaded with potato chips. She swallowed before responding. Yes, I work just over there at a gas station. He grinned. I work just over there a few blocks further. In a skyscraper? Her interest peaked. Something like that, he grinned, consuming a quarter of the remaining sandwich in one giant bite. She looked amused. What do you do? I'm an architect. Her eyebrows rose. It sounds fancy, but translates to some fairly monotonous views of carpet-paneled walls. She laughed politely. Better than cleaning public toilets, I bet. He laughed with her. I saw you here yesterday, she paused with a very attractive date. He smiled. That was a good lunch. Have you ever noticed how, in a bustling city, you can find the loneliest people on earth? There's humanity all around, in your space. Yet what we all crave is simple interaction. She looked away, thoughtful. What's your name? Joel Emmanuel Hayes, he uttered proudly. What's yours? Ami. Ami Osman? Nice to meet you, Ami Osman. For the first time, briefly, their eyes met. Well, I've got to go, but I'll be back tomorrow if you want more dessert. Okay, 
She smiled up at him before turning her gaze gracefully to the trees. Ami couldn't silence the anticipation that grew each day of eating lunch with the vibrant Joel Hayes. Beyond the generous food supply he shared, he was her first friend in the city. Even though Joel had such a forward way, he entertained her. So tell me about yourself, Joel. She ventured a little further than the small talk of their previous meetings. Well, he gestured to himself, his olive skin and waves of dark hair free-flowing today. I'm from the Middle East. I didn't want to assume, Ami grinned, catching his eyes on her face again. But you're not fully, she ventured. There's a bit of European in there, he pointed to his ocean-tide eyes, a boyish grin creasing his amiable face. Ami wondered if there were dimples underneath the thick growth of beard. It wasn't black, but rather a mix of colors like shades of brown in the fall. Why'd you leave? She focused on her food again. I left home to experience a life of my own. He took a bite. I can relate to that. But I did grow up here. On the East Coast, I mean. I grew up in Ohio. Ah, Midwest girl. So what about you? What's your history? Tell me about your family. A quick question flashed across his face, but he didn't skip a beat. Let's see. When I was a young boy, my parents fled Iran during a big revolution there. We went through the hard years of language acquisition, becoming citizens, all of it. But we're all thankful for freedom and proud of what we've accomplished. My parents expect a lot from us. Families in my culture are pretty tight-knit, and I have a very large one. Eight siblings, and I'm right in the middle of the pack. Ami grinned through a bite of pastry. He went on. There's an order to things, a hierarchy, and an awareness of responsibility for each other. I send money back home, and I visit when I can, but it's not enough. Just ask my mom, he winked. But I have this itch to see the world and have a life of my own, a career, an individual experience. I like excitement. He offered Ami another chocolate almond pastry. I have a little mission to climb every mountain range I can find. I think you found my weakness already. Mountains? Ami shook her head. Chocolate. I'll take note of that. He scarfed a giant bite. Ami laughed. You're gonna choke. I've had plenty of practice, he chewed inside. These are so good. Agreed. Ami finished hers and dusted her hands, leaning into the metal seat. Tell me more. She liked hearing him talk. He was different from anyone she'd ever known. His personality was easy and light, but he would drop an occasional passing phrase that would keep her mind turning for hours after they parted. Joel's company made Ami feel not quite alone in this city. And even if she didn't quite belong either, it was good enough to have that much. Joel watched the clock every day for lunchtime. He made his way to the park ahead of Ami and sat with eyes trained on the busy street. Each time he spotted Ami's graceful figure approaching under canopy of trees, his heart gave an involuntary jolt. His evenings were filled with thoughts of her, wonder at who hid under those averted eyes. It had been a few weeks of casual lunches when Joel ventured, So Amy was a popular name in the 80s, but what inspired Ami with an awe? She paused, 
My mother is the kind of person to be difficult just for the fight. I'm assuming that had something to do with it. Your dad didn't mind? He likes a fight. Her face clouded. He reverted back to generic. You've heard all about my crazy family. Do you have siblings? Her eyes dropped lower. No. No siblings. Joel felt like he'd struck out again. He didn't know what to ask now, and was relieved when Ami turned the conversation on him again. He told about his journalist father and how his mother ran a little shop, where he spent early years folding clothes and displaying merchandise. How he'd spent hours looking out the shop window at old buildings around him, and began building models in the storage room. He soon tried Ami again. So what do you want to be when you grow up? She grinned. Ha! Well... I did think for a while that I'd become a teacher, one who could look past appearances and really notice the kids. Her voice trailed off. She often did that, starting and abruptly stopping, revealing very little. He saw the nervous tapping of her fingers on her leg. Joel watched the salty breeze bend the branches on a tree, causing the slightest rustle of leaves. Everyone needs someone in their life who can peer into them and see the person they can be. To see the gold in them, and draw it out. Exactly. Ami followed Joel's glance to the tree. But that's rare, from my experience. Joel turned toward her, a question on his lips. Go ahead, I know you have something to say. She smiled uneasily. I do. First, do you want some cake? He handed her a fork. And second, you still have time to go to school, so why don't you do it? You obviously care. You could make a real difference in some young lives. Ami plunged the fork into the fluffy cake and ate it slowly. Delicious frosting today, Joel. I made it from scratch. He drove his fork deep into the center. But seriously, school? She sighed. I know I have time. I came to California to try something uncoerced. I want a life I choose. You can relate. College seemed like the answer everyone else takes, and I never did fit into the mold. Excuses, Ami. She aimed her fork against his in retaliation, stealing the final bite. He chuckled. But if you change your mind, people can go to school, even at 60 these days. You have at least what? Five, ten years until then? Ami joined in with Joel's easy laughter.